welcome to Slacks. And um, just as a reminder, if you've only joined us today, we are three lesbians from London, um, from three different countries, America, Ireland, Italy, and also a bit of Belgium. And uh, we just sit around a table sometimes. Um, there's no table here. There's no table. We sit next we just to sit the table. Around. This is a swanky little studio we're in now. Yeah, Let's mention how much we've upgraded fancy. again. Yeah, we've upgraded. We're a bit fancy. We still don't have money though, so send us your contribution. <laughs> Hashtag sponsorship. Please send us some money. Um, and we just talk about stuff. We're friends and we just talk about stuff that we think is interesting, that makes us happy, that makes us angry, sometimes both, um, or sometimes just things that Mm, you know, we want to talk about. So, how is everyone? Mal, am I right in thinking you're sunny? Mal's a bit? looking a little peaky. Horse. Okay. Thanks. I mean, I said this in the break. What a I mean, compliment. peaky is is also good. Like you yeah. have, you're pale, but I'm your skin looks beautiful. Everyone. You're not jaundiced. Pale but interesting. Yeah. No, I. Um, you guys are bitches, by the way. I, just I mean this say. with the greatest I mean, of love and respect. I think you look well. beautiful. Yeah. But you. Do Thanks. look a little pale. I'm doing heart fingers. Okay, tiny little <laughs> little uh, tiny violin. violin. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I was I was ill for like a week, hardcore. Um, I had like low level tonsillitis, which I know it's like. Um, Wait, what's low level? Well, as in, do you either have it or you don't? <laughs> okay, so here's the deal. Every time I used to get tonsillitis a lot, and then uh, and then I just stopped getting it. I think ever since we have a dog, we have germs all over our house, so my immune system just like shot right up, and I just never got sick. Wait till you have a baby. I know. Um, or I feel like we're going to be sick all the time. Anyway, um, so yeah, and so I got I, I got tons, I think low level tonsillitis, and I went to the doctor, and they were like, "We're not giving you antibiotics for this." He's like, "This could turn into full blown tonsillitis." He's like, "What you have now is low level," and he's like, "I think it's viral." And you're absolutely fine. And That's so, so I was, rude. I know. So rude. I know. Give me I the was drugs. like, what am I going to do? He's like, you need to be in bed. I'm like, okay, bye. So I just chilled in bed for like a full on, like I don't know, from like a Sunday to a Monday. Like it was hardcore. See, times have really changed because I used to get tonsillitis all the time when I was a kid. And they whip them out, right? Well, that was always the thing. They were like, yeah. at some point, you're going to have to have your tonsils out, which secretly I was really excited about because I get ton off school and whatever else. But it never actually happened. But they gave me antibiotics all over the shop. Like, honestly, it was probably about six, seven times a year. Easy. That man, wow. your stomach must have been fucked. Well, I was allergic. I'm not allergic anymore. But when they thought when I was a kid, everyone thought that I was allergic to penicillin, <gasps> which it turned out that I'm not allergic to penicillin at like at all. But yeah. they kept giving me like these like alternative like antibiotics and stuff. I've yeah. had some weird shit in my time. I mean, I used to get so many antibiotics. I feel like it's just an epidemic of America. Um, <laughs> but actually, when I moved here is when I started getting a lot of tonsillitis. Uh, anyway, it yeah. doesn't matter. This is boring. So this is why I sound the way that I do, even though I think it sounds sexy and these girls think I have jaundice. It does sound so, sexy. super sexy. I never said jaundice. <laughs> I said peaky. It's okay. Stroke the ego. Stroke the ego. Um, You're like a, like a sexy vampire. Like thanks. pale but interesting. That's what I meant. There you go. By pale peaky. but interesting. But you're wearing like this white, like ruffly shirt. Oh my we'll God, put, you're actually dressed we'll like a I'm Brad Pitt in interview with a vampire. Oh my God, it's so Brad Pitt right? interview with a vampire. Oh my God, Definitely. you, you guys Brad can Pitt. see a picture later. Slacks podcast um, on the Instagram. You can see <laughs> Mallory's shirt, which is really fetching. Actually, thanks. you know, got to do what fetch. I can. I'm into it. Bring I'm home the bacon. <laughs> All right, that was a weird sound. Um, so yeah, I've been ill, and it's been really hard to sleep. Um, 
especially while Francesca's been pregnant, I've been wanting to obviously quarantine myself. Um, So we've been sleeping separately um, for the past week. Oh, what? Well, I mean, like, I don't want to give this to her. I'm so lonely. So guilty. Are you kidding me? No, okay, um, I I see, you know, the practicalities of it, but yeah, so lonely. I know. Lonely, but I have to say, I've been sleeping really well. Uh, and I think Francesca's also been, I think, I know, oh, no. I know she's been sleeping very, very, very well um, while we've been separated. Because I think, um, you know, I think when you're pregnant, and maybe this isn't everyone's experience, but I do know that it's a common thing where uh, women find it very hard to just sleep throughout the night. And they're always mm. getting up and peeing, or they're uncomfortable, or too hot, or whatever. And you're supposed to sleep on your side as well, rather than your definitely back. not the yeah. back, the side, um, both sides. Um, I think the left side is is the preferable side to be sleeping on. But anyway, so she's moving around a lot at night, and I think because she moves, I I tend to wake up, even though mm. we have a big bed. But it, it's still like I just wake up, and I snore. Spoiler alert, I snore. And do you? I do. Look at this cute little nose. I Lots mean, of sounds come out of it. I have a cute little <laughs> nose. I don't snore. Um, but yeah, so, and I think when she wakes up, she might poke me as well, just to kind of be like, turn to your side, because I love sleeping on my back. Um, I can never sleep on my back. Never. Oh my no. God, I love sleeping on no, my back. No, I'm a, I'm a front sleeper. I sleep on my front with my arms crossed. Under. Doesn't hurt your back when you sleep on your front? Uh, it doesn't hurt my back, but every now and again, I'll wake up when my arms have been like under my head for about like five hours and I have to do this thing where I have <laughs> I have like no feeling in my arms because they've just <laughs> I have to like flop myself over <laughs> to the other side of the bed and it's like I have no arms it's terrible um, I hate that yeah. pins and needles feeling it's actually it's so terrifying freaky. when it's you actually, wake up you're like no exactly you're like this is this is finally it I am never going to get feeling back in my arms ever again I'm just gonna have to flop myself across the bed yeah yeah All that happens time. to my legs and I'm like oh my god I'm definitely having a heart attack (laughs) heart attack through your legs well I have like fallen off the bed like when I've gone to when my legs have been like asleep I've had to like lift each leg and then I try to stand up which is definitely a rookie error and I just like fall to the ground and I'm like I'm dying (laughs) that's super dramatic I know Um, Um, so you guys been sleeping separately yeah so we've been sleeping separately and I've been sleeping really well and she's been sleeping really well and you know and she's just like come on come back to the bedroom now like I really want to sleep with you and she's like this is like the 1950s I'm like I know and I'm like I think they slept separately for a reason I'm like seriously I'm like we have both slept so much better ever since we've been you know apart um obviously it's not going to be something that's sustainable but I understand why people do sleep yeah I think it's a thing I guess I mean I guess I kind of get it but yeah, I think, yeah, I wouldn't, I don't think I'd like it. Like, if I'm living with a partner and it's like, hey, what would you think if I, like, slept in the other room for, like, a couple of days a week? I wouldn't like it. I wouldn't. It'd be weird. Mm. It'd be, you know, I kind of understand. <laughs> Actually, it has happened before, but only when somebody has been sick and actually had conjunct- conjunctivitis. Conjunctiv- is that- oh, isn't that of the eyes? Yeah, there Gross. was like yeah. conjunctivitis of the eyes, which is like highly infectious. So we slept in, in separate rooms. But other than that, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, look, I don't love sleeping alone either, but there's there like factually we both have been getting better sleep. And I think what we're going to try to do, because obviously with her being pregnant, it's hard to... Um, Ignore the fact that she's, you know, more kind of uh, irritable while at nighttime. So I think we're going to do two separate duvets. 
And I think right. that will kind of solve a lot of problems. That's what we do. You do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been doing it for years. Oh, really? Like love it. Two double duvets or two, two single, single duvets? Oh. On a double bed. Yeah. Wow. Oh, love I it. I've never duvet hogged. I've had duvet hogging done to me, but I'm You're not a really... duvet huggy. Yeah. I mean, I think I just like fall asleep and yes, my arms go dead and I have to flop myself over the other side of bed. <laughs> like a fish. That's like, like a fish. <laughs> That's pretty much the most dramatic thing that happens when I sleep. I don't snore. I don't really get up very much during the night. I don't talk in my sleep. I mean, as far as I'm aware, I'm a pretty like non-drama sleeper. Separate duvets is the one though. Really? Yeah. It's the next best come thing. To that conclusion. Um, because <clears throat> apparently I'm a nightmare when I when I sleep and I just take everything for myself and I kick people if they try and like take <laughs> it back. Oh wow! Um, which I didn't know, but apparently it is the case. Um, and I do like to wrap myself really, really tight into a duvet like a spring roll of sort <laughs> like a wrap, um, which apparently is not the done thing when you're sleeping with someone else. Fine, but. Um, yeah, and then once Stephanie and I went to um, Norway on holiday and the Airbnb was saying I had, like, single divas, I was like, oh, this is strange. It's very okay. Scandinavian. Yeah, it is very, very Scandinavian. Scandinavian. And I was like, oh, my God, this is the absolute best. And then as soon as we got back home, we're like, all right, I'm buying two separate divas. Yeah. And I've never looked back since. It's great. Right, okay, so, you know, we've we've talked about, like, sleeping in the same bed when you're like, oh, good night, I'll miss you. What if you have, like, a horrendous argument and what do you think then about continuing to sleep in the same bed slash somebody else going to the spare room. And let's be honest, this is London. Not everybody has a spare room, the couch, the floor, what have you. Yeah, we don't get into arguments like that. Oh, all right. I think like <laughs> I think that we like we try to resolve them. I think that's the one thing that we've tried to do is just if we get into an argument, resolve it before we go to bed. Absolutely. And sometimes sometimes we do go to bed like a little bit upset with one another, but we usually try to sort it out. And I would never sleep in another room because of we're upset. I would so, I would yes. force that. I would force love that shit. I'd be like, <laughs> you're going to love me. Force love, love me. is the best kind of. I'm gonna love. be so close to you that you're just gonna love me anyway. I totally agree. I really do believe that as far as possible, you should try not to fall asleep on an argument because at least find some little common ground or what have you. And then at least you can like schnook and wake up in the morning and, you know, move on with your day. Whereas if you don't, it's going to carry into the next day. If someone is like, I'm going to sleep in the spare room, it's carrying it into the next day. And it's like... At least if you're like, hey, let's put pause on this and, you know, we can talk about it properly tomorrow. That's at least something so you don't wake up, like, angry with each other. Totally. Like. Um, yeah. I read this article, actually, today. It's weird, but um, I read this article. I think it was on The Guardian and they have this recurring feature, which is, like, one thing I did that changed everything. And this lady just today was talking about um, how... I mean, admittedly, she was going through a divorce, but, like, the massive thing that made a big change to her life is when she divorced her husband um, is she found herself sleeping alone. And she hadn't been sleeping alone pretty much ever because she'd always been in relationships. And um, she started sleeping alone, and she said that it's completely changed her life because she sleeps so much better. Um, Actually, she said one thing, though, that I thought was incredible. She's trained her children not to wake her up before 10 a.m. My parents did that. What? I what mean, does that mean? Like, oh how, my god! What, I want wait. to know all of the secrets. What did I want she to say know. in the article? She said, um, "So I'm divorced now. I have three kids. I sleep eight hours a night. I am so much happier. If I'm, go- I have a boyfriend that we don't live together and we sleep 
I go and stay at his like maybe once or twice. Um, or like we hang out, but then we both like our own space. And so I go back. But luckily we're neighbours. Huh. So it's only like 30 seconds to get back to mine. So, you know, I like her theory. I get it. I understand it. But this woman has got an insane life. Hmm. Like she is, her boyfriend is her next door neighbour and they hang out and then she goes back next door. She has three children who actually, she's trained to not wake her up before 10 a.m. Why is she waking up at 10 a.m.? Has she not got a job? <laughs> There's so many questions. And also, how do you train your children to go, mommy needs her sleep? I can speak to that because my parents did exactly the same thing. Why if it, something happened? It wasn't like a happen. refined like training process. And ours was 9 o'clock, not 10 o'clock. Um, but it was more, don't get up before 9 o'clock. You're not allowed downstairs before 9 o'clock. You can like read quietly in your room, but you're not allowed downstairs before That is some incredible Do you know parents. what? I have like, to say they I did a good that. job because you're a really chill person to be with in the morning. Oh, thank you. When Am we I? travel, you don't Aww. like, you're not like, we got to do this, we got to do that, which Hell I no. really appreciate. So you are too, actually. Oh, God, yeah. And so are we. We're yeah. like, yeah. Slow we're like little slugs. Yeah. Remember that time Definitely. we went to Dingle, not Dingleberry, but we pretty much like stayed in the house till about four o'clock in the afternoon because <laughs> yeah. we just like yeah. sat around. We were very chill. It was perfect. It was a very clear very divide in that group, though. There was a very clear divide like the, the, whole, the surfers yeah surfers. the whole thing of the holiday was let's go surfing in ireland and then there was about what 10 of us like eight of us and the moment we arrived after a few hours it's quite clear who was going to be getting up at seven to go surfing he was absolutely not getting up at seven and go surfing and he basically stayed the same the whole holiday totally I mean, to be fair the people who were getting up at 7 a.m surfing were the people who'd been to bed three hours before and all of us had like been to bed at like 10 p.m. and we slept for like 12 hours but totally. I'm proud of us slacks are very chilled this is actually I think segueing into an interesting question of like how do you know when this the person is the one right because you have these you know like habits and these things and the ways that you know we like to do things you know waking up late you know because there is a very clear distinction between morning people and not morning people mm. and I think that you know, when you're in a relationship with a super morning person versus a non-super morning person, that could be quite tricky. I'm very lucky to have found, like, the medium, you know, because I'm not mm. really a morning person and Francesca's not really a morning person. And together we make a very mediocre morning, and it's <laughs> wonderful. Um, I that's married. why I never see you guys for, like, brunch. No, not really. you're always in bed. <laughs> Pretty much. Like, when you're texting us, we're just like, hey, Dorita texted. Duh. See we're you in seven hours. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That is very lucky. I am married to very much a morning person and I am the anti-morning person. We make it work, but, you know, I think there's something beautiful about understanding each other's limits. Mm. I agree. And I think that's kind of what where we've got to. And I don't know if necessarily that was kind of what made me think she was the one, but I think what made me think she was the one is the fact that we were able to make it work and maybe not necessarily just about the sleeping thing, but just kind of making room for each other's lives into mm. our lives. Because mm. it's not easy. I like my independence. I like my stuff. I like my mornings. I like my sleeping and all of that. And so making room for someone else's rules and life and everything is tricky, especially if, like in my in my example they kind of go against like if you know if it was for Steph we'll be up at like 7:30 a.m. and like just get shit done. Right. I am not getting any shit done until like about 11 a.m. if yeah. it's the weekend. And if it's the work day I resent deeply anything. <laughs> everything. Um and the world is my enemy until like up at a certain time. So 
very different there but you know you make it work and and we've got our routine and i think that's that's really nice and i think that's kind of what makes life together yeah pretty good it's so important i mean like you know how do you know when you've met the right person is like such a massive massive question but like things totally. like routines are like the most basic of all of it like do you think yeah i i definitely think so because I I wouldn't say I'm a morning person particularly, but I'm not really a night person either. Right. Me so too. I'm like, do you peak in the middle of the day? I <laughs> I don't think peak. I peak in the middle of the I day. I peak either. about eleven so thirty. Just like basically, nothing all day. All I just flatline all day. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yeah, maybe I'm just like just flatlining all the time. I would say I peak between the hours of like ten forty five. And 11 p.m. So that is like for anyone who dates during an act between 10.45 and 11 p.m. And not a minute before or after. <laughs> it's like the whole thing, you know, that like caffeine actually, if you get up at 7 a.m., that caffeine doesn't start really working in your body till about 9.30 or past like 10, 10 a.m. Because you need to be, be... real? It's true because you need to be... Say you wake up at 7 a.m. Your body needs to be awake for about three hours for caffeine to have the full effect because your body is filled with um, like energy and adrenaline from uh, having had a rest and right. that has like a natural peak huh. and then the natural peak starts to die off after about three hours. So if you have caffeine at 10 a.m., or three hours after you've woken up, you'll feel the full That's effects. when you need to have coffee, three hours after you've woken up. Yeah, to feel the full full effects, yeah, definitely. So we're saying then, you know, how do you know you've met the right person is somebody who can respect your kind of routines or you can have a mutual respect of each other's kind of routines. That can't be the only thing. No, it's Quite, definitely not To me, it's just one thing. What? Timing. Time, what do you mean timing? Timing, I think, is literally the only really thing that makes a difference between um, one person being the one and the person before not being right. Ooh. And by timing, I mean you're at the right place in your life and they're the right person who are also at the right place in I, their life. I do agree. I think timing is really, really important. Um I can't say I think it's the only thing. I think it's one think of it's some very, biggest. very... It's definitely big. Yeah, it is definitely, definitely big. Um, yeah. I mean, there's some basic things that need to be right. You need to, like, fancy them and you need to, like, you know... I don't know. Yeah, I guess fancy them. There needs to be some kind of chemistry and you need to perhaps have, like, similar goals. But I think timing is a massive one. How old were you when you met Steph? They... Two? 32. Mm. So I was 26 when I met Francesca, and she was the ripe age of 29, 30. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, so, I, I didn't realize it was four years between you guys. There's actually three. So oh, right. <laughs> maths are not Rude. a strong suit. Maybe I was 26 going to 27. Who knows? Anyway. Um, but yeah, I think that, you know, um, I think when someone's in their 20s, they're at a very different stage in their lives. And I... I think that I did change a lot. And the person that I was when I was then, when we first started dating, to who I am even like, or who I was even like five years ago, changed quite a lot. And I think um, it's really interesting when, you know, being together now for over eight years, how much that we've each, how, how we've each grown. And we've each, you know, there were points in our relationship where we were growing apart, hardcore. And I was like, well, this is either not going to work because I don't know, like we don't want the same things. And I'm now like... 
a 28-year-old or a 29-year-old who maybe wants different things than I thought I did when I was 26. And she was like, yeah, and I want all these other things. And we weren't at, you know, there was not, that mm. synergy wasn't as tight as it used to be. Um, but yeah, I do think it's, I think, I do think timing is important, but I also think that um, life's goals and life's kind of aspirations also plays into it. And do, do you guys want the same things out of life? Because I think fundamentally, when you make a decision to get married or you make a decision to have a life partner, you know, you have to be working towards something together. And I do truly believe to your point in the first episode about being a team. I think being a team is the most important thing. Um, you know, she she is my number one. She is my like captain, co-captain, whatever you want to call it. We are co-captains together. And I think that that's really important. And it took us a very long time, not a very long time, but I think throughout the years, your relationship changes. And every year for us, it gets better and better. Um, and yeah, so do I think timing is important? I do think timing is important, but I also think the way that you treat a relationship is also very important and what elements that you respect and find important and so on and so forth. You know, you have to kind of, I think there has to be a lot of that understanding. I'm making a lot of hand gestures right now for, for everyone who can't it's see, really which is impactful. everyone. Yeah, I feel a- right at home. You sound very <laughs> Italian right now. I love it. Uh, my DNA says I'm Italian. So there, you, there go. you go. I, I feel I feel very comforted yeah, right now. Yeah, but like I'm but a child. Do you, but do you again. guys know what I mean? Like I think I completely know what you mean. I completely agree. I think though timing also does come back because at the moment when you guys met, you must have both been at a place where the timing was right to let that person into your life. Yeah, and you were ready for a relationship. You were ready to sort of have something bigger and something stronger than maybe you had before, and it was also the right person. But that same person, maybe a few years earlier, maybe wouldn't have worked, for example. So there's a lot of things coming together. And I think the timing being right is maybe that spark that makes it so that you're able to let each other into each other. like You you let, you know, one another into each other's lives and then do the work that needs to be done for a relationship to work and discuss and communicate and grow together. But I think the spark is the timing being right for you to be open enough or understanding of your life's needs and what you want and what you like enough to be able to like let that person in to your life and then create what you've got now. Totally. See, I'm finding all of this like really interesting because I agree with everything that you guys are saying, but also kind of brings up um, the topic of so what are we? So like, how do you like transition from the I'm dating someone who you know, is a morning person, is not a morning person, peaks between the hours of 10.45 and 11pm, etc. But how do you, like, healthily transition from <laughs> um, we're dating to, hey, we're in a relationship? I'm the, the worst person to ask that. Go on, Why? I'm asking you now. Uh, on date two, I think it was second day, if not the first. No, second day, I said to Stephanie, you can never leave me because I have abandonment issues. <laughs> And that's, well, that's one way of doing it. I mean, how can you like then sort of be like subtle about it after that? And now you're married, so clearly it works. I mean, it did work, but, but she'll like, never let me leave it down. That's kind of a pink flag to me. I'd be like, ah. Like, yeah, it's a massive flag. Also, it's not wrong, but like, I think what I do is if it's anything ever awkward, like unsaid, I hate stuff that is unsaid, like left unsaid. So I'll just blurt it out and see how the person <laughs> deals with it. That's um, definitely one way of doing it. Yeah. I I kind of applaud that. I applaud your honesty. 
I mean, I've never lived it down and I never will. But what but did she say, by the way? Like, what was she her was reaction? Like, okay, that's a lot. What date was this? Second. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was weird. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's fine. And, like, you know, if she, you know, she would say that that's... Uh, yeah, if she stayed around for that, then like nothing scares her anymore. Totally. And so she's she's in. If she's in after that, she's in for the ride. But at what point? I mean, that's a lot. And thank you for your honesty. <laughs> um, but at what point did you guys like have the conversation? I mean, what? Like, is it a conversation? Are you like, do you want to be my girlfriend? Well, we had another <laughs> awkward conversation around that particular topic. Probably like a month and a half in, a month in or something. Where I said something that mentioned the word girlfriend. Uh-oh. And she started taking heavily the piss out of me, saying, Oh, are you asking me to be your girlfriend? What a dick! Are you asking Steph. me to be your girlfriend? Oh, to make fun of her. And I got really annoyed. And I was like, No, fuck you. I'm leaving you. Ugh. Very mature, very grown up. Um, this but is that's amazing. kind of made it, made it all <laughs> a little bit lighter, I guess. And so there was never like, you know, there was never, like, a formal thing. But, again, I think that's kind of why I prefer it. I don't like unsaid things. And I think if if that person keeps on saying, yes, let's meet up, and they keep on messaging and you keep on messaging and there's, like, a clear sign of, like, we clearly are making time for each other and want to see each other and talking about maybe future times when we're going to meet up and that, then there's something good. At some point, I'm going to want to define it because I have abandonment issues. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... When Francesca and I were first getting together, um, I think we were about two months in and we were at my old place in Fulham. Yes, I lived in West London. Judgment. No, it was so pretty. What about anyway. the time you lived in Chelsea, by the way? We oh, talked about that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Definitely went to like my five year old self there. Okay. So um, you did, though. <laughs> I did. And you know what? I kind of like living off the King's Road for like a minute. That's kind of nice. I don't blame you. You know, I felt like a permanent tourist. Anyway, so um, we were uh, having a conversation and I just assumed that I was the only person she was seeing because I don't know, like maybe overconfidence. Anyway, so we were having a conversation and I I think I said something to her to the effect of like, I don't know. I don't know what I said exactly, but she kind of like it was like the tires screeching, like full brakes on. And she was like, oh, um, I'm actually seeing somebody else kind of. And I was like, oh, "Oh, really? And I'm like, "Okay." she's like, no, I'm not seeing her. She's like, I just I I was seeing her until I met you. But there are still some residual like potential feelings and i'm like oh interesting and i Uh, went from like playful mallory like open mallory to like you're dead to me okay so (laughs) so as soon as she said that i was like all right well you know you can um i'm like i totally get it which i do understand because i I think that you know feelings and all these things are just they're not mutually exclusive and uh, they're complicated and whatever but for me what i want is exclusivity so um, so what I said to her was, that's absolutely fine. I get it. Um, but um, if you, you know, what I want for myself is somebody who's 100% sure about me. And if you're not 100%, like, then, you know, it's okay if this doesn't work out. Like, I'm fine. I'm fine with that. But I'd rather know now because mm-hmm. this is what I need for me and for what I want 
in a relationship. And she was just like, and she was just like kind of quiet. And this is where the English and the American thing comes in. And it like infuriated me. And I was like, ah, what are you thinking? I just gave you all that. Ah! <laughs> anyway, so then she she was just like, okay. And like, she had to think about it. And then obviously like the next, no, later that day, she like texted me and she was like, you know, I really, I do want to be with you. She's like, I'm sorry, I feel silly for whatever. But it was like, you know, everyone has feelings and I don't want to discount like whatever. But anyway, so it just transpired from there that we kind of were exclusive after that. And um, and maybe I needed to push her a little bit to be like, mm. you know, what are we? What are we doing? Mm. Um, and, yeah, so that's how that kind of happened. But I'm glad that I did it. So my stories are way less dramatic than both of theirs. <laughs> like, it's kind of been more like a... I think every now and again, it can just like transition into like, because you both want like the same thing and it's obvious that you want the same thing and you've talked about wanting the same thing and everything else is great. And you kind of, it sometimes it just like takes one person, as you said, Matilda, to just go, girlfriend, and the other person to not freak out and go, yeah. And then you're like, yeah, yeah. And then just kind of goes from there. It doesn't have to be like, I think sometimes that's the best way. Mm. I don't like the whole when you feel like there's a build up and there's like an elephant in the room that you're not talking about. And I like, hate the elephant in the room. I never, I mean, I never like elephants in any rooms. I'm not a fan. I'd rather just like talk about something like openly and whatever. When it feels like there's a bit of an elephant in the room, I think that's a red flag because it means you're picking up on something that the other person maybe doesn't want as much as you mm. or is being, like, really withheld or avoidant about it and why are they being like that, so... Mm. you think there's a right amount of time when that conversation can be had or does it depend on relationships? I think it depends on... It depends on the relationship. It depends on, like, a lot of different factors. I like to think maybe a good, you know... I don't want to put, like, a number of weeks on it, but... It's when you both decide, like, it's a, a thing that you both want to do, um, which can be within a month or it can be within three or four months. It depends There's on signs leading up to it, what you're both, anyway. like, comfortable and happy some with. Some people I are think. good at playing the game, though. Oh, fuck that shit. No games. I know, but some people are good at playing the game where they kind of keep their, like... What's the game? Well, Francesca played I the game I immediately was like, fuck it, but now I'm like, what no, is No, she it? played the game with me, but I was 26, so I was kind of down, but I didn't know how to play the game because I'm, I'm no chill. I'm all honest, you know? And, like, I'm like, but I like you, so can I just not tell you that I like you, want to hang out with you kind of all the time, but I'm going to restrain myself to once a week. Um, but the game worked with you. It worked, but, you know, but but my flatmate had to tell me because she would show me the text messages and she's like, she would scroll through the text and she's like, what the fuck is this? She's like, you can't give her three responses to her one. <laughs> she's like, what is wrong with you? You have no chill. And I'm like, uh, I don't know. And she's like, no, 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 no. She's like, from now on, when she texts me, you tell me. And I'm like, okay. And so it would have to be, she's like, it's only a text for a text, a text for a text. I'm like, I have never done this and she's like you've never played the game I'm like, no, i've never played the fucking game. game and she's like this is the game she's playing the game and she's good at it i'm like wow okay so i played the game tell me more and did the game work like did, hang on hang on I, i've got so many questions about this Sorry. same we could do a whole other episode um, about the game. So, i know nothing about the game i only know just being a part of it so chess admits that she was playing the game yeah she does actually i've heard and her say that yeah did she Realize when you started playing the game, and how did that affect how she felt about you? Um, did she I don't know think, that you knew? I don't know. I don't think that she knew that I knew. I think that probably <laughs> when I got more chill about it, and I was giving her less responses to her responses, it made her 
more excited because obviously I wasn't as like keen. So mm. the less keenness I showed, the more excited she got, I think. And then I hate that. I, I hate, hate that too. It. Everybody I hate hates that it. Too. I hate that being keen as soon as a bad But I think thing. because she was dating other people before me. And I and honestly, we were each other's third date each on on of that week. So, you know, I kind of get it. And she was more recently out of a relationship than I was. So she probably wasn't looking to, like, jump into something. You know, she didn't think she was going to get this. Oh, what? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm a you're not kidding. No. <laughs> you're not kidding. I know, and you should. No, you're right. No, but, yeah, I think, um, yeah, I just think that, uh, you know, she was probably doing what she had to do to kind of protect herself from something that she wasn't 100% sure she wanted to jump into. You know, because I think probably she saw a relationship and she was like, mm, maybe I don't want that right away. And so she played the game. Mm-hmm. And it worked because it hooked me. And I was like, oh, man, this girl's driving me crazy. Um, and then I just had to learn how to play it right back. What advice would you give to a listener who is currently in the midst of Oof. somebody playing the game okay. with them? Yeah. Top five. If you're in your 20s, play the game. It's fine. If you're in your 30s, like... Run. Yeah, I would say run. That's that's weird. Like no one should be playing the game in their thirties. Um, I would have no patience with someone. I playing no, the game I would not do that not either. Not same. at all. I would even say like late twenties. I would kind of run too, but it depends on what their circumstances. Um, I personally like, if that were me now, I'd be like fuck that. But you know, I'm in my thirties now, so that's why. Um, Plus, you're married. Don't. I would just say be honest about your feelings, but n- maybe not too honest, because then that scares people away. That's my advice. I mean, <laughs> no, I think to tell someone on the second date you have abandonment issues is brave. Like, genuinely. Is it brave or is it stupid? No, no joking. I think you laid your cards on the table. You said, this is how I feel. And I respect that. I mean, I turned it into a joke. I'm doing rabbit ears. Joke. Um, but I think we both knew it wasn't a joke. But I had the out by saying, oh, I was only joking. I wasn't joking. We both knew, knew you Wait, did you guys read that auto straddle article about the telling your crush how you feel? I'm going to summarize it really quickly. The article basically, they basically said, do not tell your crush that you have feelings for them. So this is either you, Ever. you being single or you being in a relationship with somebody and, you know, people naturally have crushes on people, right? Like, that just sure. happens. You just get these crushes. But then sometimes they stick with people for a long period of time or la 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 la. So their whole thing was, do not tell people that you have a crush on them because it, because it brings a certain awkwardness to a situation that could naturally transpire by itself besides you having to like put a name on it i welcome that awkwardness <laughs> I, <laughs> I, <laughs> on that awkwardness. I mean i read this like a week ago so maybe i'm like omitting some facts i but... definitely honestly if i have a crush on somebody let's i mean you know various factors aside if they're in a relationship obviously i wouldn't mess with that if i work with them i'd be a bit more careful whatever else but if they're single and it's all like fair game i wouldn't like blurt it out and be like i've got a crush on you but i would definitely pursue that if Slide i wanted into to those dms <laughs> i, I can't say i've done i've definitely i have i have i have slid into dms actually i slid into dms and dated someone for guys this months, is making so. me very uncomfortable this term sliding into dms it Why? really is a thing it's I a thing know, i don't know okay. you gotta just slide into thing. the dms All right, it's, a it's a totally now. a thing that works so but... maybe the article was talking about people who were in relationships so like either you were in a relationship or the other person was in a relationship now i need to refer back to that so i guess stay tuned for the next episode 
where we get the facts straight. I'm all about the, the openness. Straight. I mean, let's be honest. Let's be honest. <laughs> we are um, all in our 30s. And I think um, our perspective is definitely going to be different from like 10 years ago. I would have thought of this like completely differently. But now I'm all about the openness. I'm like, yeah. mm. if there's no like barriers in the way, if no one's married or you don't have to have a professional relationship with someone or something like that, then what's the harm? Yeah, I Go agree. I love someone that's done a bit of therapy as well. I think oh, if yeah, I was to I like agree. date again, I'd be like, okay, do a year of therapy yeah. and then we can date. I mean, do you know yourself? Yeah. Good, that's hot. Yeah. Let's do this. I, I completely yeah, yeah, yeah. agree. Which totally goes back agree. to episode one when we talked about privacy and boundaries. We should have talked about what's your number slash have you had therapy? Because that's... Yeah, yeah I think therapy important. is so important. Um, I would even put that on my dating profile on an app. I'd be like, only hit me up if you've had that. And now you're married, so you won't yeah, have I mean, one. If, <laughs> I'll do it. Yeah, Yay. exactly. Like, and I'll tell us. Have had therapy, fully checked. Like, <laughs> physical check, no mental STIs. Health check. Have had therapy, perfect. <laughs> Swipe. Basically, no boundaries. Just tell everybody everything. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. All out. All right. I think that's as far as we go today. But um, yeah. We'll see you or hear you. <laughs> you will hear us. You will hear us uh, at some point soon. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.